I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Wife, baby, we done it. We're rich, baby. Conor McGregor made us rich. Break out the red panties. Well, 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 welcome everybody. We, I am live. It is me. It is me. It is Stephen Milhausen, formerly of DAZN and SpartingNews.com. Happy Wednesday, July 8th. First show of July. We were not on last week as it was the holiday week. So I kind of was just like, you know what? Let's relax. Let's chill. We will reconvene the following week. And this is a good week to really start and actually we'll go back we are live i don't know why we started a little late there um i am steven milhausen formerly of dizon and sportingnews.com and hopefully soon i will have i should have some news for you guys very very soon um daryl rivera has not joined me yet so he will be coming up shortly but if you're watching on youtube click the subscribe button and click the like button. It will definitely it will help us out, tr- help me out tremendously. So make sure you guys do hit that like button and hit the subscribe button. If you are watching on Facebook, all you got to do it's simple. Click like, follow, 
And then leave a question, leave a comment, and do the same thing on YouTube as well. If you're going to have the audio version, so you'll be able to go on Facebook. Not on Facebook, I'm tired. I do apologize. All your favorite podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and there's so many I can't even begin to tell you how many podcasting platforms there are because I, in all honesty, don't know. There's more than like 10, it seems like. Because we're sponsored by seven of them. So we do greatly appreciate it. And first podcast of July last week, we took off. You know, I just was like, I told Errol, I'm like, you know what? It's the holiday week. Everyone's going to be gone. Everyone's going to be on vacation. So you know what? We took a CS. I decided for a siesta for last week. So we have a podcast up today I from my chat with Chris Jericho, which was I thought I lost the audio. I did the interview at the end of February. And I'm like, oh no. And I, luckily I was able to find it. So therefore, and even, it was still relevant. I listened to the interview yesterday. And I'm like, man. I'm like, there, he said some stuff on Orange Cassidy. So I'm like, you know what? The man, It's relevant to what we saw with the AEW Fighter Fest in the main event. And so I'm like, you know what? Let's air it. We'll see what happens. And we'll go, and I'll go that route. For today, Stack Night, night two of NXT Great American Bash, AEW Fighter Fest recap. Interesting shows, good shows. One thing I love is you get the split screen, and I have half of the TV is on NXT, and the other half is AEW. Very hard, it's on mute. Because everyone's like, oh, how do you watch? And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's extremely difficult, but I keep it on mute. That is the first thing I do. Because that is very important. It's the one thing you got to do. You really got to keep it on mute. And I, you keep it on mute because you really have to. You really can't be like, well, you know, I'm not going to do that. You can't, In all honesty, you have to. If we're just going to really be honest with ourselves and we're going to play under the honest tree, that's what we're going to do. But, because it's hard, you can't like, because you're going to be like, one moment you hear more and all of Tom Phillips and Beth Phoenix. And then the other moment you're going to hear uh, Jim Ross, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone. But, we're going to talk about that and we'll very briefly go into UFCs. We'll be doing a separate UFC 251 podcast. We'll be doing, we'll be taping that, I think, tomorrow. But we will have that up. We'll talk about it very briefly with the new main event of Kamaru Usman defending the welterweight title against the BMF champion, the baddest motherfucker. As if no one knows what the BMF title means, Jorge Game Brad Masvidal. Also on the card, Alexander Volkanovsky defends the featherweight title against Max Holloway in a rematch from Volkanovsky winning a lopsided decision at UFC 245. And then for the vacant bantamweight title, Peter Yan meets former featherweight kingpin Jose Aldo. And also on the main card, main card's awesome. You have Rose Namajunas, Jessica Andrade 2. Andrade beat Namajunas last year to become the women. And when Namajunas, Rose Namajunas winning the first round looked awesome. And then Andrade in the second round turned it on. And a beautiful slam knocked Rose out. And Andrade became the bantamweight, the women's strawweight champion. And then lost the title in November to Wiley Zhang. Or Zhang Wali, however you really want to call it. So, and then Amanda Rebus and Paige Van Zandt kicking off the main card. And that card is stacked. That card is awesome. 
we'll talk about that a little bit more. But what an unbelievable night of wrestling. And it was nice to sit there and watch wrestling. And NXT Great American Bash was highlighted by Adam Cole and Keith Lee. Champion versus champion, winner take all for the NXT and the North American Heavyweight titles. And AEW was headlined by Chris Jericho against Orange Cassidy. We'll start with this because this was the bigger story. Keith Lee defeated Adam Cole to become the NXT and North American champion. The first person in NXT history to hold two belts at the same time. This match was awesome. Holy bejesus. Fantastic. This showed me two things. And it's two things I already knew, but two things I don't think the world knew. Adam Cole is phenomenal. Keith Lee is that damn good. You look at what Keith Lee can do at 350 plus pounds is quite breathtaking. Give Keith Lee the love. Because what Keith Lee is able to do is unbelievable. Someone that big should not be able to do moonsaults. Should not be able to take Canadian destroyers. He sold for Adam Cole like Adam Cole was worth 500 gazillion dollars. And I said gazillion. Give Adam Cole a ton of credit. Give Keith And look at Adam Cole. I know Adam Cole gets a lot of Adam Cole gets a lot of love, and rightfully there's a reason Adam Cole to me is one of the best in the world, and Adam Cole's been one of the best in the world for a very, very long time. And gotta give credit where credit is due. Adam Cole showed up. Keith Lee showed up. That was going in, I thought FTR. The Young Bucks against Lucha Brothers and uh, the Butcher and Blade was the best best match of the night. Not until I watched Keith Lee and Adam Cole on one screen, and then the other half had Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy, which was also very good. But that sh- it was it was great. It was it just everything they were able to do, and it's a testament to both guys. Because you got to look at guys Keith Lee's size should not be that agile. And you look at how when Keith Lee came in, Keith Lee came in with a ton of height. Keith Lee was sitting front row, NXT TakeOver when they were in Chicago in 2019. No, in 2018. And people were wondering, what... Man, they're gonna, Keith Lee's going to be a megastar, one of the biggest stars on indies, best big man worker in the business. And then he got there, and then you realized what happened to Keith Lee. And I was trying to wonder the same thing. And I didn't know what happened to Keith Lee. And his punches didn't look good. His selling was just okay. His offense was great. But the selling was still not there. And it was just a thing of, 
when is Keith Lee gonna get there? When are we gonna? When is Keith Lee gonna arrive? When are they going to give Keith Lee a shot? Keith Lee had some work to do, and it took Keith Lee. And you see it survive. And you saw the momentum building during, the, like, near the end of summer in 2019, and it culminated what happened in Survivor Series. Keith Lee, Keith Lee was the, in that whole buildup with NXT being in there with SmackDown and Raw. The guys that shined were Keith Lee and on the men, on the men's side were Keith Lee and Adam Cole. And look at what happened. Keith Lee was in the ring and was a mega star. Look at what happened in the War Games, and then look at him when he was in um, this in the Survivor Series. You know, looked great against Seth Rollins. Looked really good against Roman Reigns. A lot of people were mad at like, hey, where's why isn't Keith Lee beating Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns doesn't need to get the rub. I was among those that were in that group. And the reason I was in that group was just because it's like Roman Reigns doesn't need it. Keith Lee needs it. Yeah, there's got to become a time where you've got to build to the future. But then you look at what happened at the Royal Rumble. He was in there with Brock Lesnar. And you could see like Brock Lesnar. You can see like the smile. And you can see like what's going on in Brock Lesnar's brain. You're thinking money. Like this guy is so money. He is money. Keith Lee got a great pop. He got some offense. Brock Lesnar just doesn't go out and give offense for anybody. Want to make that perfectly clear to people. Brock Lesnar just doesn't say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you offense. And that's what he did. And I, like, Keith Lee looked Amazing. I thought it was just the fact that Brock did, didn't have to. He's like a testament and made Keith Lee look at like, you know what? I'm going to make some money with. And you know, when they had Lee beat Gargano, became North American champion, you know, great match with Ivakovich, you know, had a good program with him. And, you know, then with going with Gargano and going through that program again. And now being in in the situation with Adam Cole and was a hot shot and maybe, I'm, you know, I can believe you can go with that to a point, but this is the right call. Keith Lee checks every box. He's over as all heck is all hell. He's, he's everything triple H likes. And he is everything Vince McMahon likes. He's a big man. He looks good. But one thing Keith Lee does better than any big man Vince McMahon has ever pushed. In that essence. Keith Lee can work. He won't work his ass off. I'm not going to say he's like the second coming of The Undertaker. I'm not going to go and like push that narrative that far. But I want you want to give Keith Lee his props. He can work. He's proven that for years. But now he's got the ball. Hopefully they let Keith Lee run a little bit. And you've seen at the end, you know, you've seen Karrion Cross and Scarlett 
Boudreaux and they were overlooked. They were looking down on Keith Lee, and that seems like the direction they're, they're going to go next. That's going to be the next big program. Um, which there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I think that's that's a great program. You could see they're really building up Carrying Cross as well. That should be a great program. I'm not I'm not doing that for SummerSlam. That needs a little more than a one month build to me. Maybe you go back to Lee and Cole, you go back to Lee and Cole, and then you can kind of. And I think maybe you go Survivor Series week. You go with that weekend. I mean, hopefully by that time, there'll be fans back in the air. There'll be fans. Be able, even if it's at the PC, at least you can have some fans. Maybe you can do what New Japan's doing this weekend for Dominion, and you can have, like, 33% capacity. Um, got a lot of people jumping in and out here. So if you're watching on YouTube, just subscribe to the channel and click that like because it'll, it'll help me out tremendously. And also, if you're watching on Facebook Live, just like the post, leave a comment, and also like the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page, and also follow the page as well. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, but that, that's what I would do. I'd give Cole a shot. Give Cole a rematch. I mean, and I think they're... I think smart money is you go that round. You still got six weeks. Maybe you do it beginning. Maybe you wait a couple weeks. Maybe you give Cole. You could do it. And SummerSlam takeover. I wouldn't do that. I think I would prefer to go Survivor Series. If you're going to go Lee and Carry and Cross, if that's the route, if that's the destination. Let Lee hold both belts. Let's see what Keith Lee can do. And that's the thing I want. I don't want... I hate, and this is what like what WWE does that I don't like. Like when Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan. The visual is of the Ultimate Warrior holding the WWE title and the Intercontinental title. But the bad thing out of that was Ultimate Warrior vacated the Intercontinental title. Like be like Chris Jericho. Have both belts. That's cool. He's not an undisputed champion, but like, let's see like a guy have two titles. Be like MMA. Be like Amanda Nunes. Both belts defend both titles. That just makes Lee more of a badass. My opinion? Maybe I'm dead wrong? I don't know. But we, why not? Let's see what happens. It's like the one thing you don't ever get in WWE so predictable in in those situations. It's like, eh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, this is kind of boring. It's 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 you can see their booking. It's booking one on one with them, and they don't they don't like deviating from the script. And I think that's one of WWE's biggest problems is they don't deviate from the script enough, and not letting guys and girls just. Go out on their own, cut their own promos. Let them call, call stuff in the ring. Let them lay out the matches themselves, and you'd be amazed. Because there's a lot of good talent. Hey, I think we're going to add somebody here. And if I can hit the, hit the button correctly, I think he's coming. I got to hit the button. That's on me. There he is. What's up, handsome man? The second handsomest man in the room, my man, D.Y. Daryl Rivera, what's up, my man? (laughs) 
what I was talking about here, Daryl, was, and I don't know how much you were listening, but with Keith Lee Holt. With with Keith Lee holding both titles, and, and this is maybe just me here, about I would like to see Keith Lee hold have both titles and defend both titles. Be like Amanda Nunes in the UFC, the women's bantamweight and featherweight champion. Not this old archaic thing like the Vin, the old Vince McMahon playbook of where like the what they did with and I brought up the Ultimate Warrior of having when he won the Intercontinental title. When he captured the WWE title along and retained the Intercontinental title against Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6, they made him vacate the IC title instead of, hey, let's defend both titles and be different. Yeah. Yeah, but then, like, but she held it for, like, it was, like, about five minutes. It was, like, hey, here's a month, and then here's Charlotte Flair to get to Bailey, and which was creative. Don't get me wrong, but, like, I wanted to see more than a cup of coffee. Legitimately defend both titles. Not just, hey, defend one, and then you're going to lose the other one. It's like, no, I want to see... I'm not saying I have two title defenses on the same show. I'm not, I'm not, like, saying that, but, like, the North American title can be, like, the TNT title. Defend it on, it can be like your version of the TV title. And I'm not diminishing the North American title at all. But it's kind of like where, and then you defend the NXT title more. Maybe you make one title defense every, like, once a month. And then it gets defended on takeovers. And it's kind of like what I, kind of like what old school WWE do. You would only see the main heavyweight title matches. You would see those on pay-per-views. Big matches, big programs. Are you a fan of that, or do you think it's going to be the old WWE 1-0 Vince McMahon old school playbook 101 of, yeah, yeah, the, we got the cool visual, we got the streamers, we're going to pop a good rating, because the rating should be awesome. I, I think the ratings for both shows I think are going to be very good. But... You, what do you think WWE does here? Because I have no faith. I have faith in Paul Levesque. Even though my confidence in Paul Levesque is starting to wane a bit. But I have more faith in him advocating for a double champion instead of Vince McMahon being like, ah, that's a good visual, pal. Let's vacate the title. Or Keith, you're going to lose the title in like two weeks to Finn Balor.
<laughs> Tom, Tom Sigler. No, 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 Don't say Bill Goldberg's that young. He's in his 50s, my friend. Come on. <laughs> Come I didn't even think about Lee going up. I think he's eventually going to. Keith, and I, I kind of I alluded to it before he came out. I, Keith Lee's a megastar. Tonight, Keith Lee became a megastar. He was on the cusp after the Royal Rumble. I think Keith Lee's there now. Because the match was really good. That was the best match tonight. And I and I don't know if you were like when I was at the, at the Open. I thought FTR... And the Bucks against uh, the Lucha Brothers and uh, the Butcher and Blade was match of the night going with Gargano and Swerve Scott, like, right behind it. I had heard Lee and Cole was good. It delivered. And then some. And the match was great. And hopefully we see Keith Lee for a while. I wouldn't want to see Keith Lee make his main roster debut until... To me, Royal Rumble time. Because then you can have Keith Lee win the Royal Rumble. And this is what I would do. And this is just me. And we're a long ways away from this. But let's kind of remember this now since we're in July. I would have no problem if Keith Lee was in the one of the big title matches at WrestleMania. He's that good. He's that talented. And like, remember when me and you talked after the Rumble. You could see like when Keith Lee entered, and I said this. You could see like the look in Brock Lesnar's eye. Brock doesn't get that glee for anybody. Not many people. You can see, like, the mind racing, like, holy shit, I'm going to make a crack ton of money with this guy. Because he's money. He's agile, he's big, and he can go. Everything you need to work with Brock Lesnar. That program's going to be awesome. And I know people are going to get made, oh, you're going to give Brock another title run. I'll give Brock title runs if it's going to put people over. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. If there's fans, which hopefully there will be by that time, I put the rocket ship to Keith Lee. If it's not going to be Keith Lee, I want it to be Matt Riddle. And I think Matt Riddle is more than well on his way there as of right now. But we'll see what happens. And we'll talk about Matt Riddle in, we'll talk about Matt Riddle in a little bit here. But... Um, Minds can be changed when money can. Be. Minds can be changed. Minds can be changed when a lot when money made. I promise you that, my friend. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, just in being in the ring with him, you know, it like it should have helped Roman. But the fans just had determined in their mind already, okay, the, the, the fans 
The fans will tell you, at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, or anyone likes it or not, whether Vince McMahon likes it or not, at the end of the day, the fans will always tell you. But no, but enough about Keely, but it's like, now what do you do with Adam Cole? I felt like, I don't know if you heard me say this, I wouldn't go because at the end of the show, they went and they had Karrion Cross. He was looking down at Keith Lee. Well, he, well, the streamers and the banners, and which I thought was pretty cool. An old school Ring of Honor thing, New Japan thing. I thought it was pretty cool. Cross and Lee is the program. But do you, do you go right away to that? Because I would go with Cole. I would go with Cole in a rematch. I would do that at the SummerSlam TakeOver with the hope that... Pray to God, Corona. People start, people start wearing their damn masks, and learn to social distance. People, if people learn how to listen in this country, and I'm not talking about our listeners, maybe I'm talking to some of you, but I'm talking about the whole entire country as a whole. If people can do that, you will get to go to sporting events. This isn't. And I don't want to go on a big tangent about the coronavirus here, but we can see everything we want if we just listen. Damn, who wouldn't want to see be in a seat to see Keith Lee and Karrion Cross? I do. Why not? Why not? Because that program is going to be awesome. The match is going to be awesome. Sign me up. That's a pay-per-view main event making tons of money. That'll sell out in an arena. A 15,000-seat arena. I'm sorry. I, I'm really fired up today. I'm sorry. I'm fired up. You can't be fired up, man, but that's what I want to see. But hopefully people learn to wear their, their dang masks. I'm tired of sitting in my damn house. Looks great, by the way. I love it. Look at you.
Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. That's not the worst idea, but my question for you is, does Vince McMahon have the patience? My answer to that is no. <laughs> I like the idea. I don't, I, you should be on the writing, me and you should both be on the writing team. God, I've... I've heard horror stories from people in, that used to work in creative. And, oh my god, I, it, it's from a couple that I've been told is a tra very traumatizing experience. Took years off their lives, which I don't really blame them. But no, um, I don't think they can wait that long. Even though I think it's a great idea. I, I, booking wise, your only hole. I just don't think you can, especially with Mania being in LA, scheduled to be in. You gotta be in Brock. Like I don't have, like I, I don't. That's like the only flaw in your. It's a good booking. It just all depends. It just really all depends on if Mania is going to be in LA with that idea. So it's not. It's a really good idea, but the but the, the biggest question is, do we see that at WrestleMania? Do are there going to be fans? What is going to go on? If I'm looking today, it's no. But that's we got nine months to go. A lot can happen. A lot has happened since April for WrestleMania 36. So we got to see. But I don't think that's like the worst solid booking idea. I just don't think a 74-year-old man has, especially when he's got the patience of my three-year-old. I just don't really think he's going to be like, hey, let's do that. Even though it would be the best thing for both guys. It really would be. Make Cross more of a monster, but he's getting the monster, monster, monster. They're not... Wait, Ryback's not top talent? Come on. Come on. He does. I like Ryback. 
But Ryback. But this is but this this is the biggest misnomer about Ryback. Ryback proved he can draw some money. That's as reckless as he was. He was unlike Nia Jax. He was over like Rover. And when he was put in a main event position, he drew money. That's a testament in the character. Then you just the momentum in with some horrid booking. You made him dumb. You have him going with an undefeated streak to where you could have strung that out. You could have built that for a while and not just give him a little shot until you wanted to put the belt on him. You hot shot in a couple of programs. Yeah, you drew up two really good buy rates. But then you kind of went away with it. And I think that I thought that was a little bit unfortunate. And that, that kind of put a. And that, that killed him. It, it ruined him. And he's on WrestleMania against Mark Henry. And I like Mark. And Mark does a great job at an open. And Mark, really great heel, one of the best heels in the last decade. But that hurt him bad. Then you went from a main event program to like the third match on WrestleMania against Mark Henry, and no one cared. Good reaction, but no one cared. The program was just it was just there. Dude, I remember so much useless information in my head. It's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> well, let's get. <laughs> Some good, there are some good. We should talk about that because there's like, there, there's really intriguing like things to '96. Like it's kind of like where a lot of people started rewatching wrestling again, and we'll get into that later. But I'm glad you brought that up. Let's get you really quickly here. The the Fighter Fest main event for night two was, I thought a really good match. Chris Jericho called out one of his favorite matches, and when he was hyping this match up. One of his favorite matches in a very long time. And he beat Orange Cassidy in the main event. I thought a very good match. It wasn't as good as Cole and Lee. It wasn't as good. I thought it was the... Because there are some good matches tonight. I think it was the third best match on the show. And this was... And AEW, I thought, overall had the better wrestling. And this was the third best match on the show. Um, I worried about this match just because of their styles, and I was worried about this program in general. And it was and the podcast is up with Jericho, and the knock on Orange Cassidy had been Wood character, even though it thrived on the indies, could it thrive on an audience? And a lot of really didn't think so, and I was one of those people. And then he just got over. He just got over. And selling biggest behind Jericho, biggest merch seller. And then you start putting him in the ring, and you're like, this guy's pretty good. I already knew he was good, but the national audience didn't know. I think he's been hurt by a lack of audience. I think he has to a point. I wish this program would have been in front of fans. Because I think this really could have put him into another level, which I still think he can get there. I think with the right booking. I, like, the match was good. It was pretty good. I didn't like the results. I wanted to see... Because it's like, what does Jericho gain with the win? 
Because they didn't preview nothing. This match went a couple minutes, like two minutes after the hour. It ended last. NXT ended first. And this ended, and this went on, it was like a two-minute overrun. And they didn't, all they showed was Jericho rolling out of the ring and holding himself, and they, went back, they were previewing next week. I would have had Orange Cassidy win, because I think he needed the win. Unless you're putting Jericho back in a program with Moxley, I don't see what a win here does for Chris Jericho. I really don't. Um, I, I, I've been trying to wrap this around. I've been thinking about I thought about it right after the match ended. I'm like, man, what does... I don't get what... Like, where do you go with Jericho at this point? freaking great like it he he was the he was the most i've been doing interviews for over 10 years that cat oh. so i'm at starcast and one of the things was to get an interview with orange cassie so i'm talking to people and they're like yeah like we'll get it for you i'm like all right cool but i was given a warning don't expect much i'm like like, I know the character. I've seen him enough. Like, like, I'll get him. I knew after one question, this is not going to go well. The, and I had set out, I had 15 minutes. Interview lasted four. I had a, I gotta look on my phone, because I did it on my phone. It was so... So the guy at Starcast and uh, PR lady from AEW come up like, they're like, we warned you. And I'm like, I still got something out of it. I can, It's like, I don't know how much you know about James Dean. And that's kind of like the premise where I went. And I'm like, he's James Dean with an attitude. James Dean didn't say much. And that's how, what I came out of it right away. And I'm like, Man, I'm like, this guy's... And, and this is the one thing I liked. He's playing the gimmick. To the tilt. And I watched an interview last week with The Undertaker. He did an interview when he was promoting the last episode of The Last Ride. And he was on the Pat McAfee show. And he... And he brought it all... He brought up an interesting point of... Because he was asked by... um. I think this co-host is AJ Hawk. And AJ and AJ Hawk asked him, he's like, Can you see anyone doing what you did in terms of playing the gimmick? And he's like, No, because too many guys and too much talent is so consumed with social media, they're breaking character, and it's hard for the fans to get emotionally invested behind the character. Now Orange Cassidy doesn't tweet much. Not often. He'll tweet here and there, but it's not like, hey, he's not tweeting like 50 tweets a day like a Joey Janela or Cody or, you know, or somebody, you know, some of these other guys in WWE and AEW and, you know, 
NWAs, MLW, so on and so forth. He can be that guy. And I think that's what's the aura about him. That, you know, he's a ratings draw. He sells a lot of merch. And when there's fans in the arena, people are emotionally invested into this guy. And I would have given him the win here. Because Jericho doesn't need it. He's Chris freaking Jericho. He's made. He's the man. He's the man in AEW. Yeah, Moxley's got the title. But you know, the Hulk Hogan of AEW is Chris Jericho. I just thought they would have that would have really helped out Orange Cassidy when he really needed a win here. Yeah, he looked good in defeat. And I'm a believer of you can if you look you can look really good in defeat. Especially in a company that prides itself on wins and losses, unlike WWE. I just think here, I think this was just a real, and I don't question their booking really often. I severely question the booking here. Holy crap, one of the worst bookings. One of the worst book decisions in the history of WrestleMania. Oh my goodness. Like James, I seriously, he's like he's James wrestling's version of James Dean. He really is. I was just gonna say Janela, yeah. But see, this is where my You had me until you were talking about like the casual viewer. This night was gonna bring in a lot of viewers. Last week brought in a lot of viewers for both for both sides. This is where you Go ahead. Yeah. 
I love Best Friend. That man Chandra... <laughs> it's like with, his, with Trent's mom, and it was really his mom. That was like... I, I seen his mom... It was at StarCast. Very, very nice lady. It was, I, I talked to Trent very briefly. It was with him and uh, him and Chuck. We were is it? They did like a media scrum, and the three of us were talking for a minute. And his mom came over, and he like introduced me. He's like, "Ah, Steve is my mom." And I'm like, "I'm like," I told him, "Like, I'm like, oh, you know, very nice to meet you." And I'm like, you know, like, aren't you proud of my son? And I'm like, your son is great. I'm like, hopefully they win the title soon. And then she's like, they should give him the damn belts now. <laughs> it's just like those things where you just laugh. I'm like, and Trent goes, I'm. He's like, I'm sorry for my mom's language. I'm like, no, man. I'm like, you're good, man. But no, um, it's one of these things to where on a night like this, I would have gone with Cassidy. Just because you're going to get, you're going to able, they should do a better rating this week because you had better matches on the show. You had all your big guns, except for Cody. But you had Omega Page in the title defense. You had FTR. And oh my god, that man! Oh my, I want to get into that match in a second. But you had FTR in the Bucks, first time. You had them teaming together, which was amazing. And the Lucha Brothers, oh my god, Ray Phoenix is. Oh my god, guys, a freaking guy's insane. I already knew he was insane. I've seen him live. The guy's nuts, but he's a hell of a wrestler. You're talking top 10 wrestlers in the world. If Ray Phoenix, if Ray Phoenix is not on anyone's list among the top 10 wrestlers in the United in North America, you are smoking crack. You know nothing about wrestling. If you do not think Ray Phoenix is a top 10 talent in terms of work, a work rate wise. Um but no, in that instance I would have gone with Orange Cassidy though. I just because the viewership's going to be big for both shows. Jericho's or everyone knows Chris Jericho. You, I look at it in just in this situation of what does a win do for Chris Jericho? Where does Chris Jericho go? Like an Orange Cassidy win, and you brought up the, a program with Cody that you can put him now in that because now you can't go to a program with Cody unless Cassidy gets a couple wins. So you kind of. I don't want to see you come off in the wings. Yeah, he gained something. I, I'm wholeheartedly believe that because the match was very good. But I think in this instance, I think Jericho could have took the L. Like when he lost to Jungle Boy. I don't know how much that helped. Or he went to, when he went to the draw with Jungle Boy. And how much that helped Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy went from a guy that had potential to in 10 minutes... Became a guy people envision now as one of the one cornerstones of the future of the business. He could have, it could have been done here. It just wasn't done, and I thought, I think a missed opportunity. I think they go back to it down the line, and I think the result will be different. Don't plug them. I love Eric. Eric's great. I love Eric.
Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully. I see where you're going. Yeah, the ma match was match was really match was very good. I I have no problems with the match. I thought the match was I thought the match was great. Let's go back into a couple little, a couple little things I liked on the show, but we'll get into that tag match in a second. But one of the other big glaring things I loved about this show was the major announcement by Taz, and because next week at Fight for the Fallen, John Moxley will defend the AEW Heavyweight Title against Brian Cage, and Brian Cage will walk in with a title because Brian Cage, Taz brought back something awesome. He brought back the FTW World Heavyweight title. And he gave it. Ah, oh, okay. Okay. Um, I totally lost my train of thought for a second. I Something popped up there. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. I, that's, a very good, that's a very good comment. Um, he handed over. He brought back the FTW World Heavyweight title and gave it to Brian King. For people that have not watched, did not watch Taz in ECW, FTW means fuck the world heavyweight title. And Taz defended that title on ECW pay-per-views, which was awesome. So, um, the orange black belt is back. He gave it to his man, Brian Cage, who looks fantastic. And I thought stuff, Taz has always been a fantastic promo. Bar none, Taz has always been one of my favorite promos in the business. When he's allowed to cut promos. Um, and I thought in this situation, because Cage is not a good talker. I, I've never been a fan of Brian Cage cutting a promo. So when they put Taz with him, I'm like, fantastic. Because Taz is money on the stick. All Brian Cage has got to do is be the muscle. That's all he's got to do. Just go kick ass and take names. 
And that's what he's doing here. Um, and I would go that route, and that's what they did. And that just now adds more intrigue to the match. It makes Brian Cage look more like a ba- more of a badass than he already was. And he's already been portrayed as. So I thought a job well done by AEW here. I thought a very a good a job well done by Taz. Well done across the board here. I'm more interested in that match next week, Daryl, than I was last week. Even before Taz came on and that segment started, I had really no interest in seeing Moxley and Cage. Now, now I'm intrigued. Now you have me interested. Now I have a reason to watch next week. The first barely, the first barely legal in ninety April, in April of ninety seven. Ninety seven, fantastic match, good match. Yeah, you are, man. You mean you're promoting eighty three weeks, which Eric and Conrad are my friends. So I, if you want to plug them, okay, but don't plug the WWE Network. G T F O H. How about we just watch? Don't watch Thunder. Don't, don't watch Thunder. 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 Thunder was good. Thunder. Thunder was good for about a month. You're being very gentle. Thunder was good for about a month. It was about a month. You think so? I think so. The only reason I, the only reason I, I'm not sure. How many people are watching Impact? And that's something you don't. And this isn't a knock on Impact. I think Impact, after AEW, has had some of the best wrestling in the last month. I think Impact's. Im, I'm very interested in Impact. I've made Impact like must watch on Tuesday nights. Like I watched Impact last night. That's I've been having Impact's really gotten me intrigued by a lot of things they're doing right now. And they got a big show coming up on July the 18th with Slammiversary. And there's going to be some things brewing with good old Impact. That match is going to be fantastic. Back to Brian Cage. Okay.
it's messed up. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say about it. I think they. It's a good thing. Moxley's gonna go over, but the question is because there's bigger things on the horizon for Moxley. You've got MJF. You can go with Omega. You can go back to Jericho. There's a lot of bi- there's bigger things on, and this is not a knock on Brian Cage. I think Brian Cage is a really good talent. I'm not taking nothing away from Brian at all. I think. I think they're going to do the match like they did with Moxley and Hager. Where Hager's still going to come out strong. Moxley's going to get the win. But Cage is going to come out looking really good. And Moxley's that great of a worker to where I think he, Brian's going to be. Brian will be just fine. Um, but the match will be really good. I agree. That match is going to be really, really good next week. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Nick Swink. If you do not listen to Nick Swink, that wrestling show, Nick Swink's got one. And I always tell Nick this. Nick is a gr- Watch out for Nick. Nick can be a player. That wrestling show is a very good show. Nick is very insightful. Nick watches everything. And I've had a lot of great conversations with Nick. Very talented. Make sure you guys listen to that wrestling show. Because I think Nick is one of those guys on the rise. And hopefully Nick gets back at it soon. Um, Orange, He says Orange didn't beat Pocket Revolution. But he still got over anyway. That is true. I mean, he's not wrong. I was there. You know, I no, I wasn't there. That that's a whole other conversation for a different time. But I don't even want to get into that whole situation again. That's that's for another day at another time. But but there's only so many wins and losses that one can take. In my opinion, like how many times are you going to beat Jungle Boy? It's going to come to the point where a guy can only lose so much until the fans stop getting invested. You can lose. I have no problem with someone losing. Wins and losses in AEW matter. That's why it's like you can't go on three, two, you can't go on three, four, five match losing streaks unless you're going with it as an angle. But if you get to that point where you're getting to the top guys and you always lose, why should I watch you face the top guy at, the, at that point? Because I already know you're going to, I know you're going to lose. That's, like, where I'm coming from on that. I do agree. Like, the match with Pac was really good. That was one of the best matches of the night. Um, Nick says, best use of Taz in 20 years. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Um, why why nobody decided to use this guy as a manager until now is baffling. Dude, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> the worst thing to ever happen to Taz, and Taz has admitted this, and I've talked to Taz about this, and Taz has said it. In different platforms. The worst thing that ever happened to Taz was to get the giant, the biggest pop of the night at the, in his debut at the 2000 Royal Rumble at Madison Square Garden. He's like, 
just he told me that was the worst thing that could have happened to me. I got the biggest pop of the night, which he did. Pummeled the heck out of Kurt Angle. Match was good. Very good. And then and the wheels came off after that, which I'm still... One of the worst things that... And this is why I always get mad at WWE. You look at that time. Comes in. Big money deal. Gives Kurt Angle his first loss. And look at what Kurt Angle became. And did nothing with him after that. Great commentator. Oh my god. Fantastic color commentator. But like with... But, but like with what Nick said, Nick was exactly right. He was used horribly after that. He hasn't been used that good in twenty, good in 20 years. I agree with him on that. 100%. Yeah. So it was so bad. Oh, Texas is great. Okay. Okay. Oh, freaking badass, dude. Taz was Taz was the shit. So shit. Um, shoving them down to spitting them up, spitting them in, and spitting them up and chewing them out, or however you want to say it. Um, Roy really click there. We'll get the rest of those comments in a few minutes. Um, so one other thing I wanted to go over on what happened on the, the other big thing on the show was the tag match FTR and the Bucks against the Lucha Brothers and the Blade and the former did not get the win. You thought they would. No, no, no. Accidental. Uh, little match was very good. Ray Phoenix, like I said earlier, is quite amazing. Oh, my God. I can watch Ray Phoenix 24 hours a day. Ray Phoenix is that good. Pentagon's right behind him, by the way. But um, very good tag match. Good eight-man. Little uh, switcher. Little... Accidental super kick from the Bucks to FTR. Lucha Brothers get the pin on Matt Jackson for the win. Start teasing a little bit of dissension between FTR and the Bucks, and they both guy both teams shook hands and okay, it was an accident, blah blah blah, and, and they went their separate ways. But there had to be some physical aspect between those two teams. They were getting along too well in the match. It had, You've seen them. We've seen Shatter Machines, Bang for Your Buck. Almost, almost, we almost got a Melter Driver. I'm like, oh, come on, I want to. I always like when they do Melter Drivers because it pisses off everyone on Twitter. 
I are doing the Meltzer. It's like, come on, man. I just like seeing, I just like, I just like seeing all these, all these marks getting like, all like, oh, they're out on the name Meltzer. And it's like, come on. They called it the Meltzer driver because they respect it. Dave is the godfather of wrestling and combat sports journalism. So let's kind of love him or hate him. I love it. Me and Dave are very friendly. Me and Dave are friends. And there's things I like about Dave and there's things I don't like about Dave. I think that's with everybody. But I will always give Dave his props um, for what he's done. Um, oh, yeah. God, it's not even... I was gonna, not going to say nothing. Phoenix is the better in-ring guy, in my opinion, than Pentagon. I said that. Jeez, I did not I did not say that Pentagon is better than Ray Phoenix. Oh, my God. Ray Phoenix is a top ten talent in the business in North America. In my mind, Ray Phoenix is amazing. Top 15. Top 15 in the world when you, after you add in, like, Okada and uh, Osprey and... Um, Hiromu Takahashi, and then guys like that. Oh my God, Ray Phoenix is definitely top fifteen, no doubt in the world, no doubt about it. Ray Phoenix is fantastic. I'm just saying, Pent- I'm just saying, Pentagon is really good too. I'm not, not going to discredit Pentagon at all. I mean, he's, I'm not saying he's neck and neck with Ray, but Pentagon's a better worker than people think in my in my own mind. But no, that tag match really good, leading to an eventual. I just, I want to see, I want to be in the crowd for FTR and the Bucks. And FTR, and FTR and the Lucha Brothers. I want to be there to see those matches. That's why I want these people to get their heads on their butts and wear some masks. Man, this is not hard. If New Japan's going to be holding a show this weekend with 33% capacity, 4,000 fans at Osaka Joe Hall for Dominion. Why can we, people, us here in the United States, learn how to wear a mask and socially distance correctly? Instead of wanting to throw parties and be all up on each other and, man, it's like a bunch of pendulum children. It's like a bunch of three-year-olds, a bunch of kids and people in preschool who don't know how to listen. I just want to go see wrestling. I want to go travel. I want to cover fights. I want to wrestling matches. My God. Is FTR in the Bucks? FTR in the Lucha Bros? I was there for the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers. Oh my God. In that ladder match? Holy cow. One of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Young Bucks and Omega, or FTR and Omega and Page? Omega and Page and the Lucha Bros? Then go back to Omega and Page and the Young Bucks. My goodness. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire, Daryl. My God. Wear your masks, people. Isn't hard. Do I like wearing a mask when I'm going to the grocery store? No. But I do. And I'm never losing viewers. Because you are the people that probably don't want to... You're... Nah, never mind. I'm not going to go there. I mean, I was going to say something I, I was going to regret. But, please wear a mask, people. Come on. This was... This was... 
I love <laughs> with an awesome with an awesome with an awesome main event of Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar that should have gone about five minutes longer because then it would have been in, it would have been about a four and a half star match. Oh yeah, because Joe's like Joe's awesome and Brock's a stud and. things came out of Lucha Underground. And John Morrison. Did you watch Morrison and Riddle from SmackDown? My God. My God. Why isn't John Morrison in the world title picture? Matt Riddle's going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to put this on when we're talking about it. This is from... Oh, come on. I click show. Next one. Tommy Tommy we needs to bring back the name for Saudi Arabia. Call it Great Balls of Fire. The greatest balls. <laughs> Man, I'm not trying to get too. I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to get too political today, but. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. You're not wrong. I do not disagree. If. They never went. If I never seen a show again from Saudi Arabia for pro wrestling, I would not be mad. I wouldn't be sad. I wouldn't have to bust out a box of Kleenex because I would not feel bad. Not at all. I, I just, I just really wouldn't. Um. <laughs> Let's call it greatest balls of fire. Bruce, call marketing now. Tell them next Saudi show, greatest balls of fire. Because if you don't do it, you're fired. Long as, long as it doesn't involve. But you know, but you know what? That match will be better than The Undertaker and Bill Goldberg. You don't disagree? You don't disagree with me. And that's not funny. That's not funny. See, my problem with that match, and I don't want to stray too far, and this is the last thing I'll say about that. The match, as soon as you've seen Bill get the concussion, how anyone in the back did not see that, I don't know. I think that was a bad job by The Undertaker. It was a bad job by the people in the back. You can't tell me they didn't see that. Maybe Undertaker didn't see but someone, the referee saw it. The referee's got to make a call there and like, like we need to go home. Because after two minutes, that match was fine. It was, was it the greatest thing I saw? No. But it was what it needed to be. This shouldn't have been more than like five minutes. Six minutes. Get in, get out, and be done. 
play the hits, and then go home. I wouldn't have gone with that result. I would have had Goldberg win, but I that's a whole other conversation for a different time. But they should have went home, get what you need to get out of it, and be done. But they didn't do that, and the Undertaker almost got paralyzed and or almost died. But let's get into let's get into NXT. We already talked about Keith Lee. We started with Keith Lee and Adam Cole, but I loved Gargano and Swerve Scott. Gargano won, but I thought a really I thought Swerve Scott here looked really good. I was very very impressed with him. A good win for Gargano. I thought that was the second best match on on NXT. I thought that was just a really, 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 really good match. One of the best matches of the night. But that was a really good. That was a really good match. Um, I like Candice LeRae and Mia Yim, and I'm not like the world's biggest Mia Yim worker fan. I'm not. I'm just not a fan of her work at all. It's something like I watch her and I'm just like, okay, I'm good. Doesn't doesn't she's just not my cup of tea. I just look at her and I was like, okay, she's a hand. But I love the movement because the match was it was a no holds barred match. I the match it was you know, all the bells and whistles and all the, all the toys and but I love the move at the end. The swinging it took too long. The swinging neck breaker off the top by Lorray onto the chairs to a set of chairs and she won the match. Match was good, not great. It was average. Um, I'm shocked he started with that. I would have gone I would have gone with Gargano and Swerve Scott. But I can see you want to start with that? Okay, it's a hype match. Okay, whatever, but and another thing I really wanted to get to. And I want to get it because I have it written down. And there's a so I don't want to I, I hate screwing up names. It's the worst thing you can do. Cuz I have it here. Give me one second. It was Drake Maverick and Brizongo. Against. Um, give me one second. Santos Escobar, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wild. Santos Escobar. My God. That guy's a star. The guy known formerly known as El Hijo de Fantasma. He is great. The way I love. What WWE is doing, and I'm going to give, and I know people like, all oh, you do is bash WWE. You know what? I'm going to give WWE some props here. I thought they were going to bury this guy. I just thought, oh my God, you're going to take the mask. I'm like, what are you doing? I'll take off the mask. But you know what? The guy's got mwah. That's some money. With Rey Mysterio's future murky. Right now with WWE. And working without a contract, which is another... We can talk about that next week. But... You're looking for the next Rey Mysterio. There's your guy. He checks every box. He can... Speaks great. He's fluent in both languages. He oozes charisma. And he is damn great. I love this guy. I love the group. I love him. I like Mendoza. I like Wild. I like them as as the muscle, the sidekicks. The I don't even want to say sidekicks. Like his partners in crime is I'll I'll call that. 
So I think sidekicks and legends. Those guys are very talented. I love Mendoza. I think Mendoza's very good too. Escobar is the star. But Mendoza's still good, a very good hand, and so is Joaquin Wild. But my God, Escobar, just man. I look at this guy, Daryl, and I'm just like, he pops out at my TV. He makes me want to watch. He makes me want to see Drake Maverick kick his ass. He's the job. That's a heel. A heel at its finest. Very, very. And they got the win, which was expected. I wouldn't have pinned Maverick. I was surprised by that. But you can continue that program. You can say, oh, you know, they, you know. I want a one-on-one match. Da, 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 da. I, mean, that, I know that match is going to happen. Probably at SummerSlam TakeOver, which I'm fine with. You you have enough time, you can build that up for a while. But Santos, Escobar. That could be, that should that should be your next, if you're looking for your, if, and I know they're looking hard, and I give them credit for that. You have your next big Latin star. His name is Santos Escobar. I think it was hotter than I think it was hotter than a you know what on the indies. I thought that was the worst thing for him was to go back because he was on a good run having a lot of great matches. And then and then he because he, he was drawing. He was drawing very good. He was having a really good run. And then he went back and it was like And I had an inkling I did an interview with him. It was about it within a month of him going back, and I had heard some rumblings he was going back. And we were done with the interview, and I was done recording. And I asked him because me and him were friends, and we still are. We were we're still friendly, and and I know he's going through stuff which I don't condone. Allegedly, he's done some very nasty stuff, and he should get if it is true, he deserves to be rightfully punished, and. Hopefully going to jail for a very long time if was what is the allegations and if being arrested if everything is true out of that situation. And I asked him, and I, and I kind of had a feeling I was getting kayfabe because I knew I talked to a couple people that would know, and they had said yeah. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, amigo, I'm not going back. I know I'm not gonna get treated good there. <laughs> what do I see? <laughs> few weeks later, he comes out and beats John Cena and wins the U.S. title. And then God, it was just, his, he wasn't worth the push. Like, the first time. Like, when he got fired. That first time around. And they did all these things. He was over for a minute. And then, kind of fans were like, oh, okay, we're good. They tried. WWE pumped a lot of money into him. And they tried hard. He can go in the ring. 
I thought the charisma was there, but I just as soon as they took Ricardo away, you took that team. It was like same thing with Lana and Rusev. You took a great team away, a good combo. You split them off, and then you can kind of see, and you can see with the rest. Which I think Rusev's going to do great. If Rusev goes to New Japan, which I think he, I think he will. I think he's going to be. He's going to make WWE look a very. He's already made him look stupid, but he's going to make it look pretty bad. Um. Mm-hmm. Because the guy was over. Guy was over. So, right? It's just, it's like one of these things that where it's like, they always got to ruin a good, and I don't want to say always, because you got to know when the fans are starting to lose interest by reaction, merch, the ratings. You got to look at all these things. But he was selling a ton of merch. He was getting great reactions. I don't know how his... I would have to look at his ratings again, but... He was checking the boxes you needed. And... You got cut him off at the legs. For no good... He got over on his own. That was him. And that's just the biggest problem, because it wasn't in the plans. Is what they're all these guys are all well, you know. It, that's the best thing. That's the best thing to happen in wrestling when there's no plan. Because then you. Oh, right now they have none. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rusev Day. It was great. It's great. Look at you. You're mad. Man, you're pretty you're pretty mad there. <laughs> you're pretty mad. It's okay. Like you just Like you said, it was a seventy four year old man running the ship. You you're not wrong. Um you're not wrong at all. 
and we'll end with this. This will be the, and we'll read the final comments and we'll go. We'll wrap up and we'll get into UFC later on in the week. Who had the better show, AEW or NXT? Since you didn't watch neither yet, I am gonna go. Man, this is hard. Cause Colin, Colin, cause Colin Lee was so great. But it doesn't like, in Santos Escobar, is was phenomenal. But you had Omega Page and Private Party was good. You had the tag match was really good. Main event was pretty good. Thing with Taz, Taz cut a really good promo. When you guy you know this is gonna piss off a lot of people. You're gonna call me a mark, but. As great as that that main event was in at NXT Great American Bash night two, I'm going with AEW because overall it was it was the better show. Will the rating the ratings tomorrow? I'm gonna say NXT should win because they really pumped home for the last couple weeks of Cole and Lee, and that was the bigger match of the of the entire. Two weeks. It really was. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And the fact that AEW went off last. I think it, this is little games here. Little game um, one-upsmanship. Kind of like when WCW and WWE, like, WCW would start Nitro, like, three to four minutes early. And they both would go late. Just like get that over on, get the bump, get the better rating, get the more viewers. So it's going to be very. NXT should win again this week, and I know people really ragdoll Dave Meltzer about like the demos, but you shouldn't, because why? Advertisers look at two things. They look at eighteen to forty-nine because that is the key demo, and they look at total viewers. But I've talked to enough people in TV adver- TV marketing and advertising. They look at the 49 demo. That demo is huge. Because that's what you, that's the audience you're trying to target. And wrestling should be looking to the future. Over 50 does nothing unless you want to sell Geritol. And that's no offense to anyone over 50. But that's like... It's, you're don't want to serve an older audience you want that 18 to 49 because then what that demographic's going to do is you're gonna you 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 want to keep that younger audience so i think aew wins the 18 to 49 just like last week aew won the 18 to 49 and then I think NXT will win the overall night.
that said everyone was social media and just talking to, you know, talking to different reporters, talking to my friends, and just gauging social media. Every, the majority of people wanted to see Adam Cole and Keith Lee. They really did. And I did. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always honest. I'm not going to, I don't need to sugarcoat anything. I'm, I'm, but I want to see that match more than Jericho and Orange Cassidy. And I like, I like the program they've been doing with that match. Which is, it was big stakes at the highest degree. And it delivered. You, a match like that, it has to deliver. And it delivered in spades. That match was great. And that's a testament to both guys. Because it's hard to do big man, small man. It really is. Like, but it was the, a big testament to both guys. And if the people that have been watching and been coming in and out, watch that match. I'm going to watch it again when we're done. Because I that match was just so good. So, 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 so good. It was like, oh, even my wife. Lynn doesn't watch much wrestling. She's like, that was great. I'm like, she was, and I'm like, and we had a five-minute conversation after it ended. She's like, man, she's like, that was so good. She goes, man, I can't believe that match is over, and they went off. And I'm like, I'm shocked they didn't have Killer Cross come in, but Killer Cross, I keep saying Killer Cross, but um, but no, oh, we're not even gonna, we'll get into that soon. That's for another time and place, but no, but like piggyback off one thing you said before you go answer the rest of the comments and questions. You said something that was spot on. The fans won tonight. The wrestling fan won. Not. AEW, not WWE, but the wrestling fan won tonight. Because the fans got to see a great product tonight. You got to see great shows that had great matches and great characters getting over. And building for the future. Because this is what it's all about, guys and girls. Building for the future. What we need to be seeing more on Raw Monday Night Raw, and more what we need to see on Friday Night SmackDown. Building to the future. So NXT is doing, and that is what AEW is doing. The winners tonight, yeah, there's going to be a winner and loser tomorrow. If at 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 four Eastern, essential when the ratings when the ratings come out, one Pacific, there'll be a winner, there'll be a loser. You did not win alone. The fans won. We all won. <laughs> Alright, let's get into... Let's get into these comments. Let's get in... I'll break anything. Well, that's not good. Alright, well, let's get into the rest of comments and questions here. Alright, we're here. Let's see. If my computer would... No. Ah... Uh... Hopefully the match between match quality. This is from Nick. 
Hopefully the match quality is better than Moxley versus Higgler because it was awful. I only hated it because it went about, I don't know, it went like six to eight minutes too long. It didn't need to go as long as it did. That match could have went 15, 16 instead of going like 20, I think it was like 24, 25. It was somewhere around that time. It was like six to eight minutes too long. I just remember that in my head. I'm like, man, I'm like, because you know when a match climaxes and it hits its peak and when you need to go home, that match, it needed to go home and it didn't go home when it should have. The match was good. It wasn't, this is a big match for Cage. Cage has a real good chance to shine here. Because I think he's a better overall worker than Hager. So we're gonna see we're gonna we're gonna see how good Brian Cage is. Next one. I think Jungle Boy versus MJF should be like Tommy Dreamer versus Raven. Raven beat Dreamer every time until Raven left for WCW. Dreamer got a huge pop when he finally beat Raven. I think they're waiting until fans come back to give Jungle Boy the big win over MJF. Hmm. That makes me that makes me think. I never I never looked at it as Raven and Dreamer. That's a really That is a great observation. That's why you should watch and I don't I'm gonna plug I'm gonna plug Nick again. That wrestling show. Watch when it comes back from quarantine. Nick does it. Nick should be doing stuff on Facebook Live. Come on, Nick. I'm telling you. But no, Nick does a great job. And that's a really good observation. Um, it's true. Let's say Raven Dreamer. I also think it's like Bright and Sean in a way. They're both young. This is a rivalry that's going to last a long time. They're always going to be there. You know, it's like you, you need a program. Ah, we can go with MJF and and Jungle Boy. That's where I think it can go. I don't know if that that's what they're thinking, but but I think Jungle Boy will. He's gonna beat MJF. I'm gonna deny that. No, I think that'll eventually that'll eventually happen. But no, I that's a very good observation. Here he is. Here he is. No, absolutely. I agree with that. Tazzle's a good commentator. Click there. Tazzle's a good commentator in WWE until he didn't care anymore when they threw him on the ECW ECW revival. Then he phoned it in on TNA. Once they put him on ECW, absolutely. Like, his stuff on SmackDown was still okay. But, like, he's admitted he went to TNA for the money. He was just glad to get out of WWE. Like, I don't think his stuff in TNA was bad. It wasn't great. But I, there were spots where Taz was good in TNA with Mike Taney. I'm not going to, I'm not going to totally, I'm not going to totally undersell him. Ooh, maybe that's coming back. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, we're the Phoenix. Okay. The eight-man tag was really good. I can see some fans complaining about it already, though. I'm not surprised. It's just funny because NXT does type of matches and nobody complains. It's hypocrisy. 
Not wrong. Not wrong. You're not wrong. How do people do that? I say this about the wrestling fans. They're the most passionate fan base. Like, if you look at UFC fan base, Bellator fan base, at boxing fan base, you look at the three of the combat sports and entertainment entities, man, there's... I will take the pro wrestling the pro wrestling fan base as the most passionate all day. So so I love it. It gets a little rowdy, it gets a little out of hand. You're not wrong. But it's I love the passion. It's because they care. They do always find something to nitpick. They always find something to complain about. And there's no doubt about that. But that's why I love it. You know me, man. I love the chaos. The Santos Escobar thing is one of the few things I like on NXT. God, that guy's great. Like I said earlier, that guy's great. Money, Santos Escobar. I like him, Karrion Cross, Undisputed Era. Love me some. I love me some Keith Lee. Um, for some reason, I am very intrigued by, there's a lot of good things on NXT these days. EO, Gargano, and, uh, Candice, I like their act right now. Gargano is a heel. I didn't think it would be done, but it's been a job well done. And... Shayna Baszler. <laughs> okay. No. No. She's on main event this week. Um, apparently, Vince McMahon is not a fan. Um, this kind of really hit a crescendo at Survivor Series. In the main event of the show with Becky Lynch and uh, Bailey. Baszler won the match. But it was a very irate Vince McMahon when the match was going on. And she got the blame. Rightfully so. And she didn't look good. Um, her style doesn't... Okay, I'll say this. When you look at the style of Sasha Banks, Io Shirai, Charlotte Flair. I'm saying Asuka. They all have their style. Baszler has a different, unique catch wrestling style that 
She only knows one way. Maybe that's on her. It's also on... She's been in the NXT system long enough to where they should have been working with her. I kind of blame both entities in that situation. And the match was a clunk. It wasn't good. The crowd was pissed. Looking at every, watching everyone, like a lot of pissed off people. Don't blame them. Match wasn't good. Match was pretty horrific. Worst match on the show. And Vince was not happy. She got the blame. As she should have. And you look at what happened. She was supposed to win the Rumble. Let's think about that for a second. She didn't get the Rumble win. Went to Charlotte Flair. So she can go to NXT and face Reaper. Charlotte didn't need the momentum. Shayna needed the momentum. She didn't win the title at WrestleMania. We know why. And was supposed to win Money in the Bank. She didn't win Money in the Bank. She's been off TV. Until this week on Main Event. Vince is not a fan. I think Shayna can talk. She's a great on the mic. She's just not very good in the ring. And you can see at the Elimination Chamber, they kept it short, sweet, and to the point. They didn't have her do much. She played her hits. The hits got over. Beat Asuka. Pinned her right in the middle. Pinned her clean. But I can get why Vince isn't a fan. But that means they have to work with her. Play to her strengths. Because she can make you a lot of money. I think, I don't know, it's, it's an unfortunate one. Because I think she can make them some money. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit, that's a little bit, I think it's a combination of her and them. And then there's, I'm not going to blame one entity in that situation. All right, and we will end with this because this was, this was a big deal last week. Which we, what did you, what do you think about Saravev Gujar of India's Sheer spoiling the, that the, the Keith Lee won the title last week on his Instagram? Now, if people know what Nick is talking about, Gujar put on Instagram a picture of Keith Lee because they filmed tonight's NXT after last week's episode of Keith Lee winning the title. He had taken it down immediately. And he got in a lot of trouble. They were not happy that this got out. Um, Because it made the rounds. Um, I asked. They confirmed it to me. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, are you, did you film two finishes? I asked. I'll let the kid out of the bag. And I don't, they said no. That's the finish they went with. Um, I don't, when I look at, initially, I was like, man, what the hell? What is Gujar doing? But then, like, I thought about it for a minute. And I say, and I, I remember 
I was eating lunch that day, last Thursday, and I'm like, you know what? I play more of WWE here. shouldn't have been allowed to have their phones. This is a situation where you got to act like you're in high school when you walk into the building and be like, hey, put the phone, we're putting the phones in like a container or a bin. Don't spoil anything. This so this so this doesn't happen. Your biggest match in NXT history got spoiled, got leaked. Your result got leaked because of an idiot. Plain and simple. Suarez Guja acted like a complete idiot. WWE also acted like complete idiots, and this is why. For the reason I said, and also the fact you couldn't wait in another day to tape this. Could have waited until Thursday. Then I don't think this happens. I really don't. They're both to blame here. I thought it was really, really crappy. It was horrible. It ruined the finish. I tried not to look at him, but then I got people asking, oh, what do you think of Gujar doing this? And it's like, oh, come on, Mike. Because I saw some sites at all, spo- and I'm like, okay, I'm not, I didn't click on it. I hate spoilers. Not a fan. And then, then I have, like, then I have like people texting me and being like, man, what is WWE doing? And I'm like, what is Gujar thinking? And I'm like, oh, man, I'm like... That, like, bummed me out for a while on Thursday. I was pretty bummed. I was pretty mad. I was made at both entities. And it's unfortunate. It didn't take anything away from the match. Because I still thought in my mind, okay, maybe you, maybe I'm getting hoodwinked here. And I was really hoping I got hoodwinked. And I said it to my wife. And I said to Lynn, I'm like, man, I'm like, I hope I'm getting, I hope I got lied to. I don't like sources lying because I will never go back to them. I'm like, man, this was like the one time I'm like, please, I hope you're lying. Please, I hope you filmed two finishes. They didn't. But the man, it didn't take away my fun of the match. Because the body of work was great. That match was fantastic. I know people probably going to have their difference. Oh, it wasn't. It's all subjective. I get it. But no. I thought it was real, real crappy. Of Saru of... Kujar. Really crappy at WWE. I blame both sides here. Because I would have just taped it on Thursday. This. Oh, oh, man. Quite depressing. I just was like. Wasn't. No need to post anything about it. I was just like. Really bad. Yep. Yep. And that was my thought. Yep, and we will end there. Man, man, that made me bummed out <laughs> after such a, it was a great almost two hours, but no. Um, thank you everyone for watching. You can, f- if everyone that watched on YouTube, like the pay, like, like, po- like the, like the video and also subscribe to the view. We got a lot of subscribers here in the last like week or so. So definitely click on, click the like button. Click the subscribe button. Have an inter- have a interview I have up there with Chris Jericho, the former 
AEW World Heavyweight Champion. We very. I'm glad I found that audio. I will say that. I don't want to ruin it, but it, you know, I had fun with that interview. Um, and I know Chris liked it because me and him talked a little bit after the fact, and he definitely wants to do it again in the future. So hopefully we'll talk to Chris in the near future. Um, you can also, if you're watching on Facebook, like the post, the comment, like the Facebook page, and also follow the page as well. We're almost at 1,000. We need five more. We're at 995. You can find us on Twitter at Walkway Fight. And Daryl, where can the fans find us on the gram? Your left, I think. Your right, left, I don't know. My sense of... But you're pointing at me. July 7th of 1998, the day that WC pissed away probably about $10 million just for a rating. And Daryl talked about on this day, we're going to be doing, starting very, very soon, on this day podcast where we'll tape them in advance and then we will, do. it'll be like, I'm trying to decide how we're exactly going to do this, but I don't know if me and Daryl are just going to do a watch along or we're just going to talk about like the key moments. I gotta, we gotta decide that. So, but we'll keep you guys. I'll keep you guys updated on that. So that'd be trying to figure all that out. Um, a lot of good stuff on the horizon coming. Um, you can also, if you want to listen to this, the audio of this podcast, it will be up tomorrow morning. It'll be up on all your favorite podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, and a bunch of other ones that I really don't know about. Which there's amazing. There's so many places that you can drop audio and have a podcast. So I think that's kind of cool. I think it's pretty cool. Everyone can make some money in it or just want to pump on a podcast, which I think is pretty cool. And I have no problem with that at all. I think that is absolutely fantastic, except for Stitcher because they suck. <laughs> I got to leave my, my hatred for Stitcher still alive. I don't know why they didn't accept podcasts. So curse them. Curse. Curse. No, they do suck. But the Jericho audio was on there as well. Got a lot of great stuff coming up. We will have a UFC 251 Masvidal. And I'm saying Masvidal. No disrespect to Kamara Usman, but we know what the A-side is for UFC 251. Jorge Masvidal, Kamara Usman for the UFC welterweight title coming up on Saturday night. We'll We'll have a preview for that by fight time on Saturday night. That will be a great fight. And I've been getting asked, are we doing a podcast? I don't know yet. My internet in Michigan, Daryl, is horrific right now. It is like, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's like a negative 525,525. It is pretty bad. And I have to, I tried to talk to the provider today, and I haven't had this conversation with Lynn yet. So I had a chat with them on my phone, like through, the, I, they have like, it's like Facebook Messenger. And I'm like, it's Frontier. It's Frontier. We have a lake house in Coldwater, Michigan. And 
I'm like, you know, this. I'm explaining what's going on. I'm like, the internet doesn't really work. It's very, very spotty. I'm like, I think I need a new router. The router is very old. The router's like six years old. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I just need a new router. Maybe I need some updates. And they're like, well, you know, do you have your computer? I'm like, well, I'm not there. I am in Chicago. They're like, well, you know, when are you going to be there? I'm like, I'm going to be there tomorrow. I'm like, well, you know, get back to us tomorrow. And I'm like, like, no help. <laughs> like, no help to me at all. So, will there be a podcast? I don't know. That's the best answer I can give to you, Daryl, and I can give to the world. Because I just don't know, depending how the internet is. Because I really don't know. Yeah. Which I don't want to do. But, because I will be back Monday. That I do know. That I do know. That conversation we... That is the conversation we did have that I will be home on Monday. Because her birthday is Tuesday. She wants to be home for her birthday. So, I'm like, we will be home. At the very worst, we will have something, hopefully... I'm praying to God we have a UFC 251 preview and a UFC 251 recap show. I am hoping. Because I haven't been this excited for a UFC show in a very long time. So. All it took took for Gilbert Burns to get COVID-19, to get the coronavirus, and... I'll say it. I had 0% interest. In this show. I didn't. I had nil. Zilch. zippity doo da Zippity-yay. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. <laughs> but I had no interest. As soon, and I had heard a rumbling. Because I put it on Twitter and I'm like, man, they should just call Masvidal. <laughs> I get a text from Masvidal's manager. He's like, you would, how'd you know? And I'm like, I'm like, well, you never respond to my text messages. So I just was throwing it out there. I'm like, Hey, that'd be kind of cool. He's like, no, he's like, so yeah, I found out they were talking ESPN reported talking and then ESPN broke the story. And, um, I feel bad for Gilbert Burns. I really do. But I had zero interest. And in now this one from but three title bouts, you had a 300,000 buy pay-per-view to now 600 to 800,000. Maybe a million if it catches on fire by the time you get to Saturday, which it really could. Which it honestly really could. I think it can get there. That's just the star power Masvidal's got now. And good on him. He bet on himself here. It took a circumstance, but he bet on himself and it worked out for him here. And that's a testament to him. And now it went from a show no one really cared about to now one of the big, now we're getting one of the biggest fights of the year, one of the biggest stars in the sport. And good for everybody is how I'll leave it. And I'll leave it at that. But no, it's, is he going to win? I don't know. We'll talk. Hopefully we'll be able to do a podcast on it and we'll be able to break that down more. But, Daryl, where can the fans find you on social media? Awesome. You can find me on the Twitter machine at smealhausenjr. And then you can find me on Instagram, which I don't use. 
S. Muehlhausen MMA. And don't forget, you can find the wall if you're watching on YouTube. Like the like the video, subscribe to the channel, and if you're watching on Facebook, like the post, like the page, and follow the page as well. And you can find us on Twitter at Walkway Fight, and you can find the podcast handle on Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club, all lowercase letters and all one word together. I don't know when we'll see you. We'll see you no later than Monday. <laughs> I do that no later than Monday for Dale Rivera. I am Stephen Mielhausen. You guys have a good night, and we will see you soon.